Welcome to Behind the Warrior, a podcast presented by the EOD Warrior Foundation. This series will focus on resources, interviews, and topics impacting EOD warriors, their families, and the military community at large. Hello, everyone. This is Maria Shabla, and welcome to Behind the Warrior podcast. Today, I'm looking forward to speaking with Greg Middleman, the chairman of the board for the EOD Warrior Foundation, and Sherry Beck. Sherry, of course, is a recently retired director of programs. Welcome, Greg and Sherry, and thank you for joining me today. Well, thank you. I'm happy to be here with you and with Sherry. Yeah, ditto. Thanks, guys. (laughs) You both are so welcome. Now, this is the second half of a very exciting two-part interview. Previously, we spoke to John Haynes, who was a driving force behind the construction of the original EOD Memorial at Indian Head. And now we will get a chance to talk to Greg and Sherry, who were both pivotal in bringing the Remembrance Garden to life. Greg, for those who may not have heard about the Remembrance Garden, can you please tell our listeners exactly what it is and what is the intent behind it? Yes, the Remembrance Garden uh, has been a long time coming, really, but it's what we're going to realize when we cut the ribbon is that uh, we hope to have created a place of uh, peace, comfort, and, and honor uh, that recognizes uh, EOD technicians, past, present, and future, um, for their lives in the community so that their loved ones, uh, family, friends, uh, other techs have a place that they can be in, um, let's call it a nest or the comforting arms of, of familiar EOD. You've got the memorial itself next door. You've got, when I say next door, I mean adjacent to, uh, and the school. So it's, it's home, it's the beginnings, and for some, the, the final uh, recognition of the EOD community all in that same place. So it's familiar and comforting land and uh, to give people a place where they can be amongst that to to think and reflect uh, of, of people that are significant to them. Um, maybe somebody who had a long life, uh, but they're long died in, in old age, but, uh, you know, had a, a significant part of their life in EOD and they remembered it that way. And so they may choose to uh, be there at that location to help celebrate, you know, that particular family member, but it's also available uh, for those who have lost loved ones um, who perhaps came back from, from conflict and uh, continue to have struggles and, um, ultimately perhaps taken their own life. And I know a lot of times that uh, for friends and, and, and family, that the consequence of that can, can be obviously very unsettling and disturbing, but leave questions. And, you know, maybe this is a place where they can join together and, and be at comfort and, and, and try to help and understand by being with other friends and, and near that EUD community. Um, it's, it's a whatever it needs to be for everybody and anybody um, to honor the EOD technician. And, and that's what we're hoping to make it be. Well, that sounds wonderful, Greg. Can you tell us about the different parts of the garden? The, the Remembrance Garden itself is um, immediately adjacent to the memorial. Uh, when we decided to lay it out, we wanted to make sure that we did not disturb the original memorial 
as you would see it now, standing from the schoolhouse and looking across the road. Um, so to access it, what you have to do is walk. You come first to the memorial, uh, which you know most people do to, to honor our fallen. You walk around the side of the memorial, and there's a pathway. This pathway sort of, just like an EOD tech's career, meanders and winds with little twists and turns uh, through the woods and opens out to another area just to the side of the actual memorial. Um, but this is the only way to get into the Remembrance Garden is by through, the, through this path. And what it will do is open up into an area uh, of um, brick pavers that they'll you'll notice is in somewhat the shape of a, a football if you will but what it is 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 a not i want to say a copy but as if you had taken the pavered area in front of the memorial wall it's a shape of the wall uh, like a football uh, it is the same shape in the rem in the remembrance garden that's a little difficult for me to describe and then where there is a a center uh, mount with a plaque in front of the memorial right in the center of those pavers likewise in the center of the remembrance garden there will be a statue so it it mirrors in some ways some of what we know and are comforted with in the memorial in the remembrance garden um, the statue uh, we will be unveiling along with the garden itself on the 5th of may and what people will see is a rather large statue of an EOD technician um, in a bomb suit. And this is also positioned where the statue will be looking across the street. So, again, it mimics, it mimics the EOD memorial wall itself and the, the way the, uh, the pavers are positioned and the statue and the plaque are all positioned. And then the area is uh, surrounded by various uh, plantings and uh, uh, flowers and that are, that are uh, natural to the area. And then there are four stone benches as well for, you know, to, for a place to sit. And over time, as these plantings and things grow, this area will become a little bit more private and a little more secluded. And um, uh, I think on its own, because of the way it's designed, will we'll be more comforting and more uh, uh, um, become more of a private place for people. And interesting thing that we think about the the statue itself, and although it's um, you know every every EOD tech has an opinion, and some people wonder about a, a bomb suit. Does the bomb suit really represent you know all eras of EOD? And um, I don't think there's anything that represents all eras of EOD if it has an EOD tech in it, other than the EOD tech. And so the significance of the statue is that um, it's an EOD tech in a bomb suit. The bomb suit itself, although more modern, uh, represents sort of a suit of armor for the honor and the dignity and the heroism and the good deeds that EOD techs do in performing their duty. They save lives. Uh, they save resources. Um, they protect the country. And so uh, we, we thought that the bomb suit was fitting. It kind of has a couple of different meanings. One, that it's a, a valuable piece of equipment to an EOD technician. But the fact of the matter is it's not a, it's not a statue of a bomb suit. It's a statue of an EOD technician wearing a bomb suit.
his suit of armor. Absolutely. Well, it, it definitely sounds like a lot of thought was put into the Remembrance Garden, and I think it's something that the EOD families will, will definitely appreciate. Um, Sherry, you began your work serving the EOD community in 2007. That was before the merger of the Wounded EOD Warrior Foundation and EOD Memorial Foundation to create what we have today, the EOD Warrior Foundation. You've been with our EOD families in some of their most difficult times, when spouses and children didn't know if their warrior was going to survive physical injuries of war. You provided hope for countless families struggling from invisible wounds through various retreats. And I've, I've even heard you described by an EOD vet as the EOD den mother. <laughs> from your viewpoint, can you tell our listeners, what do you think this garden will mean to our EOD warriors and their families? Well, thank you, Maria. Thank you for having me on today. It's a pleasure to be here with you and Greg. And, well, I think from a very basic standpoint, um, you know, through the retreat work that I did with various demographics within our EOD community, whether it was um, the spouses, the veterans themselves, children, teenagers, uh, Gold Star families, all of those, um, you know, the retreats were in place to really put our arms around the community as a whole and to bring them in. And it was through a lot of conversation through various, uh, you know, uh, people that were participating in the retreats where someone would say to me, a mom would say, well, you know, my, my son died in a, in a car accident, yet he isn't remembered as an EOD technician necessarily. Um, or my spouse passed away, uh, unfortunately, by his own hand, and there's no place to really honor or, or remember them. Um, there are a lot of our EOD technicians who have passed away through illness, you know, accident, illness, injury, what, whatever the case may be. And really, the conversation started a long time ago, probably five or six years ago now, and through a lot of collective ideas and efforts, you know, the Remembrance Garden is coming to fruition. Um, and I think, from my viewpoint, Maria, I think this is a, just another way where we are showing as an organization that we have listened to the community. We are trying to meet them where they are. We are trying to give people space to remember their loved ones, no matter the cause of death. And just, you know, thank them for their service, remember their service as an EOD technician, and, you know, help carry on their legacy, whatever that may be and whatever that may look like. But this Remembrance Garden is, is really something special, and I think it's absolutely an enhancement to the current property and the current memorial. And also, you know, it couldn't be a more fitting space than to be right across the street from, you know, the EOD school where, where all services get trained. And many a family have, you know, stood there and watched their loved one graduate. And now I think the Remembrance Garden is a place for all to be able to come back to Eglin Air Force Base, to NAV School EOD, to the Memorial Wall, and also the Remembrance Garden to just reflect and 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 honor them. Oh, thank you so much for that, Sherry. And I think it's beautiful, just all-inclusive, all-encompassing, all AOD techs across all branches. You know, families can go there to reflect, show their respect, and to honor their EOD tech. So 
Um, very important. Greg, I wanted to ask you, as an EOD warrior yourself, can you tell us what the garden means to you personally? Yes. Um, it, the, the Remembrance Garden, to me, um, is a way that we have, are hoping to to create a place that sort of brings everybody together in a different way. You know, there's sometimes um, we get lost in our lives, uh, no matter what it is, whether it's, you know, somebody who's, you know, retired or a veteran, some stay very close to the community, some don't or can't or get lost. And sometimes it's not the tech, sometimes it's, it's the family uh, because of circumstances that, you know, if you're not uh, if you're not in an area where there are a lot of DOD techs, and sometimes it's you know it's harder to stay abreast or or uh, to stay in touch. And you know, social media changes things these days. You know, people can do things that way. But what this means to me as an EOD tech is that there's there's a place that we can all come to uh, and and think about and and pay homage to uh, to all of our EOD folks um, without exception um, in a quiet, still manner, um, renew and share thoughts and remembrances uh, with, you know, people that maybe have been outside the community and, but now might come to visit this location. Uh, I think it just really is going to provide a new opportunity for, for people to, uh, to spend some time and to, you know, rejuvenate their thoughts. And, um, you know, in some ways, uh, I hope it does help some people heal um, by being in a place that is this close to to all of BOD. Um, Sherry said, you know, the school, we all go through the same school. We all wear the same badge. And outside of that, all of our journeys divert a little bit, uh, depending on what we end up doing. But, you know, this can kind of bring it back around and, and bring us all back together. And, and I hope that's what it becomes. I think it's going to be a, a, a unifying factor that's going to be a welcome addition to, to visiting the memorial to continue to remember other folks that maybe just really didn't know else how to do it. Well, this garden is clearly a labor of love for many in the EOD community. Um, what was the inspiration, and can you tell our listeners about the journey from Good Idea Ferry to the unveiling, which will be May 5th at 9 a.m.? <laughs> Good Idea Ferry, indeed. <laughs> um, I, you know, I, I, I'm going to let Sherry talk to most of that. I will just tell you that um, Sherry and I, just on our own, have been talking since about at least five, six years ago about this. And I know she's been talking to others, um, but through all the many thoughts and dreams, we just, uh, you know, it, it came to be a point in time where uh, this is in my mind. Um, we had such a significant amount of, of loss of life uh, of individuals taking their own lives that it really made in my mind sort of a um, a push to make this a realization that you know we don't always have the time and that we want to have 
with our friends or or with others and um you know for everything that may have led up to to it from the good idea fairy in my mind uh, that last little nudge came from the reality of of the situations that we face today unfortunately and trying to find some small way to to help make some peace out of it yeah i would i would agree with that greg um and I, I think also once we actually started talking about the ideas and and thinking about what it would mean and what it would potentially look like for the EOD community, the families, everyone, um, I think there were so many good ideas, so many good idea fairies that came came forward with just different suggestions and and thoughts about how to make it meaningful and. You know, the unveiling on May 5th is going to be a super special morning, and I am really, really looking forward to that personally, just because I think it's it's been a long journey for us to get to this point. Um, and I don't know, it, it is a labor of love, and I think a lot of the things that we do with the, that the organization does as a whole is definitely a labor of love, and there's a lot of thoughtful intention that gets that just gets put into every concept or every program that gets put out there and the remembrance garden is no different in that it just took a little bit longer for us to come up with a, a final game plan the permitting um, lots of hoops to jump through in order to make this just as special as it can possibly be so for me may 5th is going to be a really beautiful morning and beautiful day and i look forward to sharing that with not only the, the staff at EOD Warrior Foundation, but also members of the community that can come and see it and, and feel it for themselves. But it's it's really going to be a very special place. I, I love to, um, Greg, how you, you brought up the the thought that perhaps this could even be a place for EOD families to, to receive some type of healing mm -hmm. in their hearts. And I think that's really beautiful. I also wanted to ask, um, how did how did the Remembrance Garden come to be called the Remembrance Garden? How did it get its name? Well, um, I think we kind of struggled with that a little bit, <laughs> quite honestly. Um, and we've gone back and forth back and forth with a few things. And um, I think, like what we hope it to be, you know, a place in my mind. Um, you know, that it's a place of comfort and a place of peace is just to me after looking at different names and things that, you know, what was the purpose and the purpose is to remember, you know, we're mm -hmm. not memorializing, we're remembering. Right. And um, mm -hmm. what was it that, that settled in and brought some level of comfort to my mind when I heard it? So, I mean, my choice and I didn't name it all on my own. Certainly this is, you know, we all talked about this together then it remembrance garden settled into my mind like a you know a peaceful thought and mm -hmm. uh, that's that was why i you know that was my choice for it uh, or why i like you know i hope to that was my choice to for it to be and you know why anybody else did or did not ultimately agree with that i can't speak to but uh, mm -hmm. um you know it just it settled in my mind as sort of the right thing mm -hmm. i would agree with that i i just felt like remembrance garden Again, this is my perspective, was just in, incredibly, um, just it embraced everyone. Peaceful. And, and it was peaceful. Mm -hmm. And and I felt as though it could potentially be just maybe a small piece of closure for someone. 
and in a place where they knew that their EO detection, I'm sorry, their EOD technician was remembered. Mm -hmm. So, um, you know, we remember that term goes across every, you know, everyone that passes away Mm -hmm. who, who was an EOD technician. That's right. Just seemed to me, it just seemed fitting, but that was my vote. (laughs) That was my vote too. It just felt right. (laughs) You know, also, Maria, I, you know, time times have changed significantly, you know, from how EOD began um, since after 9-11 in particular, the role of uh, people who are EOD trained has, has changed dramatically. Uh, you know, the opportunity, I shouldn't say the opportunity, the need for EOD technicians around the world is is quantifiably higher um demining efforts um removal of uh, uh remnants of wars and conflicts around the world um utilization of uh, eod personnel to uh clear you know formerly used defense sites um you know you can go on and on and on and about the different roles uh, careers really that are available for eod techs out there to do different things in their chosen military career field once they're out of the military. Uh, and even so, you know, they're, it's a trade that they learned in the military. And although they're not military EOD techs, they're still EOD techs doing an EOD job. And so, you know, there's never been any way to, to acknowledge or to recognize, you know, those folks. Um, and likewise, you know, we've talked about those who, uh, you know, the unfortunate circumstances, we've been unable to help and took their own lives. Um, but there's also the cases of, uh, you know, the changes of the design of war, if you will, you know, on the battlefield, uh, the types of weapons that are the choice of, of our enemies over the last two decades uh, with IEDs has really brought EOD into the forefront. Um, medical technologies uh, have caused... Uh, driven the ability of, of first responders uh, and medical people to save lives that otherwise probably never would have been saved uh, in previous conflicts um, just by you know technology and, and knowledge and, and as those skills have changed and developed over the years and applied on the battlefield situation and so we have a lot more EOD techs that uh, and their families uh, who are uh, who are who have survived and are in a, a place in their lives, uh, and that's another piece of this. Um, while we will always always honor to the utmost our fallen, um, there are others out there who have fallen, but not as military. Uh, or survived the war, but were certainly affected by the war in many ways, and all of their families. So that's another piece of this too. So when we look to you know who it's who it's affecting and and how it how it uh, how it helps or can help or we hope to have it help, and then you know what did we call it or what do we call it? And it came, that keeps that keeps coming back to me as I was listening to Sherry talk too. Is that uh, we put it all together: our history, our history with the memorial, 
uh, life as past EOD techs and families of EOD techs, the way things are now and the way they may develop and the history, how EOD has expanded, all of those things together. And to me, it still comes back down in the end of it where I was thinking that that remembrance garden, that's, you know, some place of comfort, some place of peace for, for everybody. And all that sort of stuff just kind of rolls around in my head whenever I start thinking about this. And I have to figure out a way for me to settle it down sometimes because the, the role of EOD is constantly changing. And I hope that this is a significant step and that we can find a way to create a place of comfort for people when they need it. Well, I think it's certainly timely, especially the world the way it is uh, right now and the conflicts that we have going on. So I think it will absolutely be a comfort to our EOD community, 100%. Now, I know that a project of this magnitude was made possible because of tremendous support within the EOD community and the hard work and dedication of countless individuals and donors. Is there anyone in particular you would like to thank? Well, um, let me start with that because you, we've said the word community a couple of times. So um, there are a lot of people and a lot of them are EOD families and a lot of EOD techs that supported this. And um, and no doubt, you know, the thanks will, will always go to them. But there's some other folks that I want to I want to mention as well. Um, and that's the extended families of those people because we have had some extended families that uh, helped to uh, to sponsor and acknowledge this. Um, but there were some other participants. You said community, so let me talk about community a little bit. Um, in Niceville, uh, our, our hometown of the EOD offices and, and the school and the ranges and all, um, the junior ROTC of the Niceville High School. I want to thank them because they came out on, on the weekend uh, and they created the path that goes from the memorial through the woods by clearing the clearing the trees and the brush, uh, et cetera, out there. So you know, our hats off and a thank you to the junior ROTC for, for wanting to be involved in that. They've done other volunteer work for us and helping to maintain and clean the memorial over the years, but uh, they wanted to be involved in this and, and were. Um, we want to thank the, uh, the landscaping design company, uh, Landon Wise at Wisecape there in Niceville. Um, Landon took this on not as a job, but uh, he's devoted. Um, he's the one that came up with the design and uh, replicating the uh, layout of the memorial into the layout of the uh, Remembrance Garden and designed that whole whole thing and trying to tie the two together so that there was, you know, uh, a semblance of respect and, and harmony between the two. Um, and he's, he's done a magnificent job there, I think. And I can't wait to see the final work. Every time I come up from my home in Tampa to Niceville, I, I stop in there and, and Mo Tackett sends pictures and uh, I'm excited to see the final end product. Um, I also want to thank within that community up there, GLMCO Memorials up in Defuniac Springs. Um, they're the ones that are putting the benches together, but they also on a personal note, you know, they're donating the base that the statue is going to stand on. And because uh, they recognize, uh, you know, they recognize what this is and what it's for. Um, so that Niceville community came out to support what's being done, not just not just the EOD family, but uh, people unrelated to EOD, but know know what EOD is and who they are. 
Um, we definitely have to thank uh, MedEng uh, and MedEng's partners who accept the challenge from MedEng to uh, to raise funds for this project. MedEng, obviously, uh, one of our board members is uh, the lead for MedEng, uh, the president, and uh, he put the challenge up to their sponsors, and we had some some significant donations to help bring this about. So, our thanks go to them. Uh, and then uh, I have to say a special thank you uh, within the foundation to the staff itself, to Nicole Motzik, our executive director, to Sherry for all of her efforts and thoughts that uh, she brought to this over the years and the care and the feeding and the well-being of all of our EUD families. Um, but I also want to especially point out um, Melissa Motackett. Um, as Sherry has taken our families under her wing over the years. Mo has taken the memorial on uh, under her wing over the years. And uh, the true care and feeding and, and maintenance of the memorial, Mo has always taken care of, and she's done the same thing in guiding this project to fruition. So uh, there's many more to thank, and we'll, we'll continue to do that prior to the opening. But I also am going to uh, point out uh, – Although we haven't seen the final project product yet, we've seen all the efforts going into it and the models. Um, the sculptor, um, Stephanie Hunter, uh, who did the actual statue. Uh, and I spoke to her earlier today, and uh, she's actually the one. I, I wanted to get her perspective on, you know, why the bomb suit and where her thoughts were and what she was thinking and without any prodding whatsoever. She echoed a lot of our sentiment and thoughts as uh, the wife of an EOD tech uh, and an artist that, uh, you know, she echoed the same thoughts that, that we all expressed and, and pointed out the, the fact that uh, she felt like um, the bomb suit was a suit of armor and represented those, you know, honorable and, and noble deeds uh, of the EOD tech, much as a suit of armor did, say, for, uh, you know, nights and years and stories and legends of old. So um, that's some of the major thank yous right there. But there's there's many more to come, and, and we'll get to those in time. Well, thank you, Greg. And that is absolutely heartwarming to hear just all of the different um, members of the community and many from Niceville, um, but all over that, that came to support this, this cause. And I think that just re reflects how beautiful the intent was. I think when you have a, a pure intent like that, then people are gravitate towards that and are happy to help. So um, thank you to everybody that, that contributed to this garden. Um, for those that wish to attend, who is the point of contact and do they need to RSVP? Yes. Um so 5 May, 9 a.m., uh, they should contact uh, the EOD Warrior Foundation offices. I think they can use the info at eodwarriorfoundation.org uh, email address or they call, uh, call the offices. I don't have the number right off the top of my head, um, but I'm sure we can put that up somewhere. Uh, can also go to the foundation website at eodwarriorfoundation.org. But uh, we need we need names of people that they want to come out to the ceremony. Uh, there's another meeting that's going on at the school, and because of the people that are coming out, um, they need the names in advance to give to security to come through the gate. 
Um, if you come to the gate that morning thinking you're just going to come on without having to put out your name, you're probably not going to be allowed on. So please, uh, if you have any interest in whatsoever in coming out, um, do call the offices. Uh, doesn't matter what, who, you, who you talk to specifically. Um, Maria, Ashley, Melissa, Jacqueline, uh, sweet, whomever answers, uh, just explain that you'd like to, uh, attend the, uh, ribbon cutting or the opening of the remembrance garden and you're, you want to provide your name, but that's, that's very important. Definitely. That is important. So, and, and actually I can give you the number. It's 850-729-2336. Um, so yeah, we'll be happy to take that call. Um, so thank you, Greg and Sherry, so much for being with us today. Um, do you have any final thoughts to share with our listeners about the Remembrance Garden? Sherry? Sure. <laughs> I was waiting. <laughs> Uh, final thoughts. I, I think I would just encourage folks who are interested in, in participating on May 5th to RSVP, but also just understand that the, the best intentions have been put forward. Um, very genuine intentions have been put forward to, to make this happen. And we're just looking forward to having another space, um, that just, I don't know opens opens our arms a little wider and uh, brings everybody into the fold. Well said, Sherry. Well said. Um, I don't have anything else other than um, we're excited for this and I'm interested also in hearing your podcast with John Haynes <laughs> prior to prior to this one because yeah. it's uh, two podcasts that have to do with the year. Um, the EOD Memorial and then the Remembrance Area. So um, a couple weeks of, uh, of history for the listeners and um, we're going to end it with going into the future and um, I think this is a good start for it. So thank That's you, right. Maria. That's right. Absolutely. Well, thank you both um, so much. Now, keeping in the tradition started by Sherry with this podcast, I'm going to end the interview by asking each of you a couple of your favorite things. I'm going to start with you, Greg. Um, what is your favorite piece of art that you own? Uh, it's probably the Picasso I have hanging over my fireplace. Wow. Um, yeah, no, not at all. <laughs> <laughs> you got me. <laughs> uh, favorite piece of art is, uh, I, I do have uh, an artist proof of a um, of a watercolor that was done by an artist in Hawaii by the name of Jan Stewart. And it's just a, it's a, a tropical Hawaiian scene of a beach uh, with, that's surrounded by bougainvilleas and a, and a lagoon in it. It's uh, very, very colorful and uh, provides, uh, provides a little bit of peace of mind to me when I look at it. Puts me some, puts me someplace sweet. Nice. What's your favorite place to visit? I'm not that much of a traveler anymore like I used to be, but um, for me, it's got to be going home to Texas, to the Hill Country. Very nice. And what is your favorite drink, Greg? Well, again, I'm getting to be that older guy. Um, <laughs> there was a time in my life where you've gotten a different answer, but nowadays <laughs> it's, it's probably water or a finger or two of bourbon. 
<laughs> there you go. Nice. Sounds good. Okay, on to you, Sherry. What is your favorite flower? This is a hard one, Maria, because <laughs> there isn't a flower that I do not like. Ooh. I absolutely love flowers, but if if I were to pick one, it would be a hydrangea. I love hydrangeas. Oh, how beautiful. Mm-hmm. Is there a reason that's your favorite? I think it reminds me of growing up and, and my grandmother had a big hydrangea bush. I, I don't know. I just think there's really a, a beautiful, they're just elegant flowers, whether they're they're in bloom and, and fresh or they're dried. They just are gorgeous to me. Wow. Yeah. Very nice. Um, what's your favorite meal to cook at home? Another hard one. <laughs> but I think uh, my favorite style of food to cook at home is is probably Italian. And the reason I say that is because I think it's very family-oriented and family-style. That's the way it's served. And um, it's a long process, a really nice pot of bolognese or uh, spaghetti and meatballs or, I don't know, a lasagna. And uh, my husband and I have really gotten into making our own fresh pasta. So that's also a really nice thing for he and I to do together. But it also brings people in when we have company. Um, it's it's a fun thing to do is to make fresh pasta and, and have all the fixings available. So I think Italian is my favorite. Fun and yummy. Yeah. <laughs> okay, and then what is your favorite USA destination? Um, well, I have several, but I think if if I were to pick like a, a destination to go and visit, I, I love the area of Asheville, North Carolina, the, the um, you know, Smoky Mountains, the Blue Ridge Mountains, all those things. Um, Tennessee is another one. Nashville. I love Nashville. And then, of course, going home to Maryland and then Texas is, is the great state of Texas. That's where my husband's from. And I always, I always feel good when I have my boots on the ground there. Ah, both you and Greg have that in common. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> All right. Well, thank you both again so much. We are very excited um, for our upcoming unveiling of the Remembrance Garden. Thank you both. Thank you, Maria. Thank you, Maria. And thank you, Sherry, for your many years and helping to be with us still to see this come to fruition. Absolutely. It's my pleasure. Thank you, Greg. Thank you. Take care. Bye. Thank you for listening to our Behind the Warrior podcast. This series is provided to you by the EOD Warrior Foundation. To learn more, please visit us on Facebook or at eodwarriorfoundation.org. And don't forget to tell a friend.